Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark. And this is Josh. And we are the Walk and Light podcast, and may God bless you all. So today, we're going to be talking about false teachers. This is a follow-up from our last podcast about corruption in the church. That one was a little while ago. We'll kind of go into what our future stream, or excuse me, podcasts are going to look like, um, because it has been a little bit, and we're going to hopefully remedy that. Again, we'll get into that in a little bit. So our primary our focus will be in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. I'll read that here in a second, but first let's go ahead and start this off with a word of prayer. And we're going to be using Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 3. So, Heavenly Father, we just ask that Christ would grant all of us, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, and that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So again, go ahead and if you're following along, flip to Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. And it starts off with, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction for the time will come when there will not endure, when they will not endure sound doctrine, but waiting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. But you be sober in all things, enduring hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Now, real quickly, before I turn it over to Josh, I just want to point out that Paul is writing to Timothy right now. So he's speaking to Timothy, that is the biblical audience, but as with you know most things that we talk about, there's also a message to us as well. So this, this passage is also directed to us, especially leaders in the church or just uh, leaders of, of the faith, not specifically in a building, but people that teach, people that preach, yeah, so exactly. on and so far. Uh, leaders of the, the church body, this could be at work, this could be your worship leaders, this could be your small group leaders. Uh, there's many examples, but that's just some to give a few. Yep. But yeah, like Mark said, verses one and two are more like our charges and command to Timothy, consequently us today, um, especially in regards to the teachers of the word. Verses 3 and 4 are like our warnings concerning false teachers and those who are led astray by said teachers. And for verse 5 is kind of the how-to uh, that we accomplish the charges and commands of verses 1 and 2. So, <clears throat> uh, again, we have the verses and commands of uh, verses 1 and 2. Verse 1, Paul is charging Timothy through the power of God the Father in Christ Jesus using the impending judgment and the coming kingdom to emphasize on the seriousness of his charge. Real quick, I do want to stop there just real fast. That's important because right here 
he is charging us in the presence of God, Christ Jesus, and he talks about who is the judge of the living and the dead, and uh, charging us through the, uh, uh, his appearing and his kingdom. He's using a lot here to charge Timothy and consequently us. Like, this is a powerful statement. You know, you think people will kind of say, you know, I swear on a, on a stack of Bibles, right? That's a, a phrase that sometimes people use. It's like, Paul is using a a big list to charge us. So this is important. That's that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, he's emphasizing that there is going to be a judgment, the living being believers and the dead being those that are that uh, will be judged in unbelief, uh, not believing in Christ and his uh, gospel, that he uh, went to the cross, died for our sins, and rose on the third day. Um, so that's a very uh, unique image being painted there. But what's the... What is the charge? So in verse two, we see that there's, we are to preach, teach, edify with patience in and out of season. Um, any opportunity that presents itself uh, and when we are led by the Holy Spirit, regardless of the, if the situation appears fruitful or not. Yeah, because we won't know. Yeah, sometimes even our own hearts will be like, why am I going to bother with this? This isn't going to produce any fruit, but we don't when we ask that question, what we're really doing is we're questioning God's power because yep. the Holy Spirit can lead us to do amazing things that are outside of our own capability without the Holy Spirit. Yep. So um, here it's in and out of season and a description of, uh, of how to use God's word. Uh, it completes us and prepares us for his work. And so we have uh, we have like Second Timothy um Verses uh, uh, 3, uh, 16 and 17, which says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Yeah, because it's, it's, you know, reprove, rebuke, and exhort. Those are three interesting words. So it's, you know, again, to teach, to correct, to press people to do something. <clears throat> And so, yeah, we are, we are not to, uh, correction is not to say that we have to engage in every petty squabble or, um, I'm not going to really give examples, but like minor doctrinal issues that don't really, uh, anything that, that doesn't devalue Christ or the gospel, which is a lot of the Bible yeah. we have to consider within that realm. But if there's something that uh, a minor disagreement, we don't have to engage because other parts of scripture make it very clear that that can lead to other disagreements that aren't necessarily going to produce any good. Yeah. They're not uh, profitable. They're not profitable, but if it devalues Christ or the gospel, we're not just, it's not optional to correct it. We are required to correct it. Mm -hmm. And this is especially true when we're talking about other believers. Yes. We are to address sin and, and critical issues, doctrinal issues with other believers. That's not to say that our sole, sole motive with unbelievers mm -hmm. is to correct them on their doctrinal issues. We're to give them the gospel. Once yep. they, once they have the Holy spirit, then we can start addressing issues with their faith. If yep. they don't have the Holy spirit, we're probably not going to be very fruitful in trying to address their doctrinal issues. So let's first address the gospel with them. So this is more correction of other believers. Yep. Yep. And, uh, 
So we continue on from verses 2 into verse 3, verses 3 and 4. This is the warning side of it. So we, we get the charge, and now Paul is, is warning Timothy and thus us as well. So verse 3, we are to focus on preaching, teaching, and correcting, etc. with patience because, as we have all seen, there are many who are easily swayed by false doctrines and, and false teachers. I mean, who's on the television? Who has the massive followings? It's, you know, prosperity gospels, things like that. So, I mean, it, we're inundated. You have the, the Jesus loves you just the way you are, but you don't have to change it all once you, you have a relationship with him. That, that turns into you can just stay the exact way you are and there's no sanctification. I mean, there's all kinds of different teachings and teachers that are are false and, and their heresy. Yeah, and, we, and me and Mark talked uh, quite a bit about this before we started re, uh, this recording tonight and this idea of, so when we are, when we're um, addressing uh, uh, being patient and, um, and, and the idea that there's a, there's a prosperity gospel out there that teaches people that God loves you no matter what, uh, no matter who you are, no matter what you do, what you don't do, all that stuff. And for a believer, there's some truth to that. However, God doesn't want you to remain in that condition. Exactly. So we are to, God wants to grow us into the character of Christ. And so we have to be in his word and we have to be led by the Holy Spirit to empower us to become like Christ. God doesn't want us to stay in the condition where we just settle mm -hmm. with the idea that he loves me so I don't have to turn from anything. And that's, that's uh, you know. It's of, only half the message. It, it, they stop. Jesus loves you just the way you are, believer or non-believer. That's, that's true. But there's, there's a second part to that, which right. is, but as a believer, you know, God urges us on towards towards you know we, we we become sanctified a closer reflection of him we turn away from our past selves and our past sins and turn towards him the gospel the truth patience loving kindness all, yeah. the, all these look things. at it this way if if your father gave you the tools to do a pro a school project and you said i'm not going to use these i'm going to do it my own way and you failed he's going to be disappointed and you didn't honor and glorify him with what he gave you, he gave you the tools to succeed and, and, and honor and glorify him. And then you're just like, I don't need that. I'm just going to keep, it doesn't honor and glorify God. And ultimately that's what we want to do. Exactly. So uh, going on with verse three, it states that there's going to be people that want their ears to be tickled or itched is another interpretation of that, who will gather any and all teachers that fit their desires. So again, people want to hear what they want to hear. They want to find people that will tell them what they want to hear. So it's, it's easy to find somebody that says, Jesus loves you just the way you are, Therefore, you don't have to change anything about yourself. That, that's easy to hear. People don't want to hear the truth, which is Jesus loves you just the way you are. However, he's also going to correct you and grow you. And you need to have put in the effort to do those things because you love him and you're thankful for what he's done for you. So uh, that's just one example of what people are going to want to hear. People are also going to want to hear things like, well, you know, Jesus will bless you with earthly wealth and earthly possessions if you do this, that, and the other. You know, if you give a certain amount each paycheck, you're going to be rewarded with 10 times amount you know here on earth all these things are are nice to hear they tickle our ears but they're not truth correct and what brings what what makes 
our desires, we got to remember that it's not just the false teachers that are the problem. It's also our desires and yes. they could be blind spots. And the, and the idea is, is the false teacher can't be successful unless he sees desires and can mm-hmm. bring them out of the, the, the wickedness and the, and the, and the evil desires out of a person. So it's a, it's a, it's a marriage to make it work. You have the desire of a person and then you also have the intent and the, mm-hmm. and the greed of the false teacher. And when they come together, that's when people are led astray. And it's, and we, and the Bible warns us about it because that was, that was the temptation in the garden, right? The, the serpent came and promised that uh, if they ate of the apple, that they would become, they would know the knowledge and, and, and capabilities of God, and they would be able to become like God. And so, and it was the desire in the heart of Adam and Eve that led them to want to fall for that false teacher. Well, it requires a teacher and it requires an audience. These these false teachers would not be successful unless they had an audience that supports them. Right. So it is absolutely the fault of both. So what are kind of a description, uh, and this is, this is an audience side, uh, a description of our wicked desires. So we have... Second uh, Timothy th- chapter three verses one through nine. But understand this: that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, and not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people, for among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at the knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed uh, Moses, so these men also oppose truth. Men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the truth. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was of those two men. So... Again, this, that's a very long description of what people's hearts are like. And if these are, this is what our hearts are like, that's what we are going to seek out. And right. we're going to seek out examples yeah. of, of, of our heart sins, our heart idolatries. Some, sometimes we may not even realize that they're, yeah. how significant of an issue they are. And how much of a hold they have over our lives. Correct. And sometimes these are the things that we hide away. And, G, and Jesus tells us, that he is the light and anything that's in light uh, can't, you know, won't have darkness in it. And so mm-hmm. the idea is, is that when we, when we stop hiding these things, when we realize them mm-hmm. and, and, you know, bringing them to other believers, have a believer that you can trust in, that you can come to and be like, Hey, I have this sin mm-hmm. issue. I have this heart issue and I don't want it to lead to other things like walk with me in it. And when mm-hmm. we bring those things to the light, they cannot thrive. Mm-hmm. The, the devil, I was talking to a woman the, the other day, the devil wants us, wants us in isolation, thinking that our problems are unique to us, that nobody else experiences them, that our struggles are, 
are something that we have to face alone. And the Bible tells us the opposite, yep. that we that we thrive when we bring things to the light, that we bring them to Jesus, when we bring them to other believers, and that they walk with us and help us carry those burdens that they cannot survive. Which is, which is what you're supposed to do. Unfortunately, in these verses... <laughs> These people don't do that, and instead they seek out teachers a, that that. It's a critical error. Exactly, it's a critical error. These people, rather than than approaching these these sins, these desires, the the um, th rather than approaching them with a with a biblical perspective and trying to correct them through the power of 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 God and through the Holy Spirit, they seek out teachers who don't lead them to truth that that allow for such things to happen that praise these things that say it's normal to have these desires it's normal to participate in these sins so that's unfortunately what paul is warning against and i think it's the the fork of the road scenario that me and mark were kind of talking about earlier i think i think the idea starts out from a potential place that could lead to to that can lead to good and healthy thoughts based upon the bible which is I am not, because I, I think what happens to people is they get this idea of, I cannot beat this sin. Mm -mm. I cannot beat it on my own, which is true. But you, if you go, you can take that fork in the road and be like, I can't beat this sin and realize your dependency on God. And you'll go to him to help you defeat that sin in your life. That's the correct fork mm -hmm. in the road. But some people, they're like, I can't defeat this sin. And they become defeated by it. And they take that other fork in the road with these false teachers who come in and be like, yeah, you can't beat it, but this is this is what God is like, and it's a false teaching of God. It's like yeah. this is what God is like. You don't have to change. You don't have to. You don't have to. Um, you know, pursue God, righteousness. God pursue godliness. You, you, you're concerned about money. Well, if you come to God, He will give you money. <laughs> if you you're concerned about you know um, whatever it is, you know it's. And, and they and they pick those things out and they teach you a false version of God that he's going to give you these things. If you come to God, you're never going to suffer. He's only going to have good for you. You may suffer. Yep. Uh, the Bible tells us that, especially in the name of Christ, mm -hmm. when we reveal Christ accurately and truthfully, we will face suffering. Yeah, so, and, you know, these are things that we need to be on the uh, lookout for. So here's a, a little brief description of what false teachers look like. So turn to 1 Timothy 6, verses 3 through 5. So teach and urge these things. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit, understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words, which produce envy, dissension. Dissension, thank you. Slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and depraved of truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain, but godliness with contentment is great gain. So that, that's just kind of giving you an example of what a false teacher looks like. Well, and, and, and again, it comes back to the, animal, uh, the apple. You know, it's uh, or the fruit of, of knowledge of good and evil. And, and the idea, part of it that was appealing to them is if they eat it, they're going to become like God. Mm -hmm. And so, and in that, that narrative hasn't really changed. Imagining that godliness is a means of gain. And, and I recently, <laughs> I didn't even know this was, 
I, I kind of knew it existed, but I didn't know how rampant it was, especially recently, this idea that people are reading the Bible and, and, and being taught that um, they're going to become God's lowercase g. And it just blows me away. So this is absolutely true. Yep. And then we have, uh, what are kind of a description of events and end times that concern false teaching and false teachers? So this is 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seal seared, who forbid marriage and require abstinence from fools that God created to be received with thanksgiving those who believe and know the truth for everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving or it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. So along with that, I, we, we have then, so we, we've described what people's wicked desires look like. We described what false teachers look like. We kind of described the events that take place surrounding false teachers. So then we have verse four, and this kind of talks about once these people that have been led astray, once they have found these false teachers and false doctrines, they will then turn away or another interpretation is fall away from truth and start looking towards myths. Now, what are myths? So, I mean, we, myths can be anything from, from mysteries that surround the Bible that we don't have a clear answer to that people get obsessed with. You take, for example, extraterrestrial life is a myth. People get so obsessed with that and how that works with within scripture. Um, you have, and I, again, this isn't, I'm not saying aliens are real or not real. I'm just using it as an example. Then you have also just false doctrine and false teaching, you know, uh, which false are gospels. false, false gospels. Another gospel. If there could be another gospel. All these things I think are kind of encompassed in the word myth. And some biblical examples that we have. And, and I don't want to go through necessarily all of them. Just there, There's just a lot. We've already covered 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 9. That talked about people's, you know, being desirous of wealth that are ungodly that are disobedient these are things that people turn to and then we have first timothy 4 3 which says who forbid people that forbid marriage and require abstinence from fools that god created to be received with thanksgiving again for some reason we can't get married now and we have to be abstinent with our with our um our uh, our spouse again that that is a false teaching then we have first timothy 6 4 through 5. And it talks about how he's puffed up and can see and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words, which produce envy and dissension and slander and evil suspicions. And uh, suspicions. Yeah, and you'll see a, a, a pretty similar theme when we're talking about false teachers, where their goal is to get people, their, their goal is to get power and influence, mm -hmm. typically. And yep. so you'll see that. And so they'll create arguments to get people. And, and sometimes they, more often than not, they speak really, really well. Yeah. So when they, when they start saying these things, you're like, mm -hmm. it, it sounds like it might be true because yep. they're speaking it really well. But really, it's just to create arguments that would divide 
the church. Yep. We have Galatians 1, 6-7 and Galatians 3, 1-5, which talk about the same topic, which is a false gospel. People that preach false gospels. What does Paul say about those that preach false gospels? Whether they be an angel from heaven or anyone on earth, they, they are to be accursed. It's a serious issue. Then we have 1 Timothy 1, 3-7, um, which is just another example of what false teachers may may speak about so right. again it's uh genealogies genealogies they try to separate people by their genealogies one thing we see a lot in scriptures is the is uh the separation between the jews and the gentiles yeah. and and um and things like that yeah so, i mean and there's just i mean again and we're not reading through each and every one of these but these are more just things that you guys can can look up and read yourselves so you have kind of an idea of what are these false teachers going to be talking about and what is going to lead people astray and these are you know plenty of examples but really it is any the devil will use anything that has control of our heart that, that, that anything that could blind us from Christ, blind us from the gospel, Satan is going to use, and he may use a false teacher that comes around and says just what your, your wicked heart wants to hear. Right, and, and, and I want to be clear, no believer is exempt no. from these attacks. No, However, no. the devil loves to use the leaders of the church to accomplish mm -hmm. these things. Absolutely. And again, leaders, we're not just talking about pastors or elders. It could be people. And again, leaders of small groups, leaders of worship teams, leaders at work, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Christian leaders at work. And, and, and what they would do is, is these are the people that are in our good influence mm -hmm. and they want to take them away from that good influence because they have, they have followings. You could be walking with people at work mm -hmm. and they, and they may be coming closer to Christ. And if you get led astray or fall away, you're going to, the people that are following you are also, so, you know, you hit, you hit the head and you get the body also. Mm -hmm. Yep. So then this leads us into verses five or verse five, excuse me. And this is how do we do what verses one and two are charging us with, which is the preaching and the teaching and the edifying, the instructing, the rebuking, the reproving, the rebuking, the exhorting. Correct. So Timothy and so us must be sober minded, enduring trials and tribulations while focusing on evangelism and our ministry. So there's thing, three things we wanted to go over there. So we have sober minded. Uh, a word search would pull up many verses when it talks about being sober-minded, uh, especially when we're talking about church leadership. And in this case, we actually are probably more talking about elders, not that anybody else is exempt from it, but um, it's especially, you'll see it in verses that are describing qualities of a church elder. Uh, but ultimately, it's pointing to being in your right mind. Uh, you can see in 2 Corinthians 5.13, um, it says, for if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. And so um, anything that would impair our thinking or our judgment, and these are just a few examples, and I don't want to suggest that you can't do these things, but we have to be careful how we do them and how far we do them. For example, drunkenness. It's not to say we can't drink, but being drunk can lead to sins. Exactly. Um uh, recreational drugs. Um, again, I don't want to say that somebody can't use prescription medications, but 
Um, when they're abused, abused and used and inappropriately. Things, yes. Well, um, and I think too, even if I may, it's also the sober-minded is if you, if if you have something that is an is an idol in your life that you are are obsessed with that yeah. is not Christ, that is not the Word, that is not the gospel. You're you're no longer sober-minded. You are influenced by whatever you're obsessed with. It could be wealth. It could be hobbies. It could be your relationships it could be your marriage i mean we could become we can be obsessed with anything and when we don't have proper control of our emotions of our heart of our desires then we are no longer sober-minded correct and that could be emotions that are described often in the bible like fear and anxiety and And worry yep absolutely And so, uh, and then the next one that we wanted to go over was evangelism. And, and me and Mark had a really great conversation about this because when we think about evangelism, we exclusively tie it to the to spreading the gospel. And that is true, but that's not the only thing that it does. And evangelism could be, could be somebody that accurately and um, uh, eagerly and, and with excitement and enthusiasm spreads biblical truths and makes it um, practical and applicable mm-hmm. into another believer's life. Um, especially in the gospel, they could take the gospel or any other biblical truth and apply it practically in another believer's issues, mm-hmm. another believer's circumstances, situations, whatever it may be. So I don't know if you had more to add on that. Mark. No, I, I know. I think, <laughs> no, I, I think it's true. You know, I mean, and maybe the, you know, the definition of evangelism, you know, it is tied into spreading the gospel, but you know, there's more that, that leaders and we as believers are charged with more than just talking about Jesus dying, being buried, being rose again on the third day for our sins. I mean, the, the great commission doesn't say go and just talk about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It talks about making disciples of people. What is a disciple? You know, it, it, and it is somebody that is being instructed. Instructed in what? Biblical truth. So it, it's more than just the gospel, although the gospel is arguably the most important. Right, but because we can use the gospel yeah, in, in that goal exactly. to apply discipleship and growing and grooming somebody and maturing them in Christ. Yeah. But there's all the... But we also have other biblical truths that we that can be used to apply in people's lives. Absolutely. Um, and then the last one was uh, ministries, and we'll be brief on this one. Is basically uh, we just wanted to cover the idea that it's not just a church uh, building. Sometimes we think of the church organization as where the ministries take place, but it can be at your work. It could be. Uh, in a, again, a small group and could be with your friends. Yeah, it could exactly. be it could be what me and Josh are doing here, which is a podcast that we started. I mean, ministries or are whatever you do that spreads biblical truth, right. whether it be in a conversation you have with a friend or it be as a pastor of a church. It, it could be your assignment and your assignment can change in a moment. Mm-hmm. You could be being pulled one direction, but God is like, no, I want you over here doing this. And so that it could be a momentary ministry or mm-hmm. assignment. And so, um, so how can we discern uh, truth? So we have Acts 17, um, 10 through 12. And it says, uh, the brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, went into the Jewish synagogue now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica, 
They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if there, see if these things were so. Many of them therefore believed, with not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was proclaimed by Paul at Berea also, they came there too, agitating and stirring up the crowds. Then the brothers immediately sent Paul off on his way to the sea, but Silas and Timothy remained there. Those who conducted Paul brought him as far as Athens, and after receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as possible, they departed. So the idea here is the people in Berea were, even before Paul arrived, they were eager and hungry for the word of God. Yep. And and what was unique is, is Paul came and he spoke these new these new ideas that there was that the Christ had came. He mm -hmm. went to the cross, died on died on the cross, was buried, and rose on the third day. And they didn't just say, "Cool, we believe this," and and surrender their life to it. They went to the Bible and they're like, "Does this align with the Word of God?" And they found it to align with the Word of God, and then they believed. Yep. And I, that's just a, you know a tool that we have. So we've talked about this warning. So we talk about what our job is, which is to you know to edify, to teach, reprove, rebuke, exhort, etc. We are warned about people that are going to be led astray, and we are warned about those that are going to be doing the leading of those. And how do we combat that? Whether you be a leader, it is to Base all of your teaching off of biblical truth, off of scripture. If you are somebody that, if you're not a shepherd, but you are one of the sheep, if you will, if you are part of the flock, how do you prevent yourself and others around you from being led astray? It's by, again, comparing what you're hearing to scripture and ensuring that it is true. And Paul praises the people of Berea by saying they were more noble-minded because they eagerly listened and searched through the scriptures and to make he, sure it was true. I just find it so cool. They heard what Paul said and they were kind and gentle to him. He could have been a false teacher. They he didn't know. They didn't know who Paul was, but he came and they eagerly heard what he had to say. And then they were... They went back to the word and they searched and hunt and and just completely filled themselves with the word of God yep. before they determined that Paul what Paul said was true. Yep. So to summarize, although the biblical audience is Timothy and Paul's charge to him, it is also a charge to us, our conduct, and especially true to the church as a body, its leadership, uh, which again is the church leadership, worship leaders. Christian leaders at work, etc. Um, believers are charged with teaching and instructing. They are charged with being sober-minded. They are charged with being aware and weary of false teachers and doctrines. And finally, being prepared in how to handle those false teachings. We wanted to go over these topics, one, because a good, uh, good follow-up from our last uh, lesson on corruption in the church but also because false teaching is prevalent, we can see it today. We want our listeners to be equipped with the tools necessary to discern biblical inaccuracies and how to combat them. Combat them. And so, uh, one of the uh, one of the things I, I always like to ask is is how this fits with the rest of the Bible. So, our old self lived in the desires of the flesh, following the ways of the world. We see that in Ephesians chapter four, uh, verse twenty-two. Uh, fueled by corrupt desires, 
we are fueled by corrupt desires that we are we are taught uh, by this uh, by the Bible that to expect false prophets and teachers in the church um, that seek to exploit uh, exploit believers especially uh, for gain and their corrupt desires we see that in second Peter chapter 2 verses 1 through 3 and that the shepherds are to lead and protect the flock. We see that in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. So how does the today's Christian apply these things in their lives? All Christians out of love should accurately and in truth witness, defend, and grow or disciple the church in the word, especially the gospel. When we see a brother or sister sinning, spreading false teaching, or being led astray, we are to teach, reprove, uh, correct, and encourage them. We are to love them and encourage them to lead them away from their teachings, not get impatient and short with them, but to be an encouragement to them when we see when we see accurate truths uh, being expressed or spoken. Um, we should encourage that and praise that, so that way we we fill them with encouragement towards accurate biblical knowledge. Um, uh, with gentleness and patience, especially when it comes to Christ and the gospel, even if it means receiving persecution for it. <clears throat> and so, uh, yeah, we're running a little bit longer than we intended to, but uh, just really quickly, we want to go over practical use, which is how it leads us to right thinking, feeling, and doing. And so uh, uh, some examples of right thinking would be that there will be false teachers uh, and many of them will be in the church. And they will be eloquent most of the time. Well they, they, they It will sound, it'll sound like truth. Yeah, it's not exactly. always easy to, to determine if it's wrong or not. Yeah, and that's the hardest area is discerning things that are true from things that are Sound true. true, yeah. Yes. Uh, number two in right thinking is that everyone, and this is especially true to sh uh, shepherds and elders, are to be protectors of the flock being ready, sober-minded, and patient when dealing with the flock that comes under false teaching. And number three, and that is to watch out for our own heart and desires that can be lured by the appeal of false teachings. Absolutely. And I, you know, unfortunately, all of us probably have a story where we may have gone down a rabbit hole Absolutely. because we were, you know, we, we thought we were hearing something that was true. We thought we were hearing something that we agreed with, or especially we, under a new under, especially as a new believer, or we eagerly, we wanted to find something, somebody that was telling us something that we wanted to hear. Exactly. We all do that. That That's is human nature. That's that how is. it works. Yep. It's something that we want. Yep. So uh, again, none of us are immune from this. So we all have to be vigilant. Exactly. And so number two is the, uh, the second category is right feeling. How should this make us feel? One, to, uh, to take seriously the charge of teachers, uh, but especially the various leaders in the church, elders, worship leaders, etc. We've talked about it, um, uh, just to name a few of them. Uh, two, to have a heart that seeks the good of the flock and protection with patience, even at the cost of persecution. Number three would be to have a heart after Christ and his gospel, that he won't, that he would be, that he won't be revealed false, uh, falsely, but in truth and encouragement towards his second coming and the millennial kingdom he will establish. 
And the last category is right, right doing. Um, one would be being vigilant against false teaching, using the word to discredit false teaching. Three would be taking our charge and ministries very seriously. Four would be to teach out of the word of God in truth and not out of the desires or our desires or passions. And lastly, number five, that addressing sin and false teaching, especially in the church, isn't optional, but commanded to do with patience and gentleness and love uh, as directed by other parts of scriptures and with genuine love for our fellow believers. Um, so yeah, we kind of rushed through a little bit there. We're running short of time, but any closing comments? Uh, you know, again, it's just be vigilant, guys. Uh, and that's for for us here at Walk in the Light, for you that are listening. Um, I, at least for, in my opinion, I, because we live in the age of, of technology and the age of information, as they call it, false teachings are so much easy, easier spreadable. It's and they incredible. Can, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's, it is. It is incredible, but not in a good way. So you have to guard your hearts and guard your minds. And how do you guard it? It's by staying in scripture. It's by having a prayer life. It's by having accountability partners. It's by being involved with your uh, local fellow believers. And, and the Bible does teach us that it is okay to place our trust in other believers and our, and our church leaders and stuff like that. But it doesn't exempt us from getting into the Bible to even make sure that they are teaching correctly. Yeah. And, and sometimes, you know what, not every false teaching came from a place of, of wickedness. I'm so glad you said that because I forgot to bring that up, and I'm really glad you said that because that is so true. I, mm -hmm. think, I think many false teachers, yeah. the, what they're desiring, it, the, the heart of it is, is what's wrong, but the intent isn't. Yeah. Uh, the heart of it is the, and they and they probably don't realize it is they're seeking power yeah. and influence within the church, and it's at the cost of inaccuracies. But they want to be loved, they want mm -hmm. to be liked, and so well, and our and desires to be led are there are the same desires that they want to lead with. Yeah. Well, and I would go even so far as to say it it. The, the possibility is it is could be accidental as well, and exactly. and again this this puts the the pressure and the responsibility and on the body. And gentle it, because it could be yeah uh, accidental because not everything that you and I have said has been one hundred percent absolutely true because absolutely. we are we are human we we try we make sure we talk about what we're going to talk about we go through scripture we support it and but we are fallible. And if we're fallible, that's one of the reasons why and we have an email say, that you can you can email us and tell us because yeah. we want to correct it. We don't want to be wrong. Right, it is right. not coming from a place of maliciousness. And my encouragement for the person that has uh, accidentally false teaching and God has revealed it to them later, just repent. Yeah. Just turn. Just be God. I I messed up. Yeah. And, and it, it's the heart. God God is good to, and just to forgive us because our heart. Mm -hmm. You know we, we do. I, I'm sure there's many false teachings that have happened out of good intentions mm -hmm. and, and just repent. Yep. Uh, don't, don't feel like, you know, God doesn't want us. The devil wants us to feel like, Oh, I messed up. And so I'm never going to teach anybody again. That's not what God wants. No. He wants us to repent and then get back into the word, get back into the game and, and just yeah. move on. And, and, and I hope 
none of this is a discouragement to anybody that wants to teach or wants to, you know, have a, a place of leadership in the church. That's not what this was meant to do whatsoever. Yeah. The false teacher we're talking about is more the heart issue false mm -hmm. teacher who has intent mm -hmm. to feed on the sheep. Exactly. And who who is clearly being led by the devil to do wickedness within the church. We're not talking about that person who made a mistake. Exactly, exactly. But with that, guys, uh, we're all finished. So if you have any prayer requests and or praises, you can send them to walkinthelight at walkinthelightsp.com. That is walkinthelight at walkinthelightsp.com. That also includes, if we've made a mistake, point it out to us. <laughs> and if you like what you're doing here and you want some more doses of hope and scripture, you can follow us at our other social media accounts. We have a Twitter. It's walkin underscore the light. We have a Facebook, which is walkinthelight. And we have an Instagram, which is walkinthelightsp. So, again, guys, we just thank you for listening to us. Uh, real quick update on the state of Walk in the Light. I, as a new nurse, am working nights. Unfortunately, it was unavoidable. Josh has all kinds of fun things happening in his life. <laughs> and we're, both, we're just both very busy. And that is not an excuse. We both want to keep the Walk in the Light podcast going. So in order to kind of combat the, the long stretches of time that we have had in between episodes, because we have, for the most part, opposite schedules so it's hard to get us both together at the same time there will be episodes that are led by just josh or just myself and when we are able to be together we will also have messages or or podcasts that are together and kind of the way we're looking at doing it right now is i might take something that i'm interested in a topic or a book or a passage or you know a, a chapter here or there and i will have podcasts on that josh will have his own interests and topics and of course we we, we will con continually stay in and communication between each other we're not going to just go off the rails right. or anything like that but um you know it's kind of more individualized and then when we're together we will continue on with the messages that we we cooperate and build w with each other exactly the the main thing is is our heart is to do this together mm -hmm. but we realize that with our schedules right now that's becoming difficult and we don't want you guys to miss out because of that exactly. and we don't want to miss out on doing it because i feel i feel when i'm when i'm when i'm waiting for an opportunity to get with mark and work on these that it discourages that when we don't get together it discourages me from keeping up on it yeah same and so if we do it separately when we don't have that time together i'll be more encouraged to keep up with it and we can just keep yeah absolutely i mean as like an example this this topic was we started on it like a month weeks ago. ago. Yeah, weeks, weeks if not about a month ago. And <laughs> I, and honestly, one of us could have already went through this. So we just, again, we don't want you guys missing out. We don't want to miss out on it because it's a blessing in our lives. So just at least while our schedules are so wonk us right now um just expect that there will be there there will be podcasts where it'll be just one or the other of us but there will also be as time allows podcasts where we are together exactly and so yeah we appreciate all you guys again we hope we hope to hear from you through our various yep. uh, social media accounts and emails um and yeah we just love you guys yep god bless god bless